featuring your favorite folks from across the quiltiverse. I'm Amanda of Broadcloth Studio, and I'm joined by Wendy, the weekend quilter. Hey! And our special guest, Shankari of Hello Soul Sister. Hello! Now, before we jump into all the quilty fun today, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? So, yeah, I started quilting probably around 2008, 2009. I'm originally from Canada, born and raised. Uh, moved to Oklahoma in 2006, and after having my first um, child, I decided to quilt a little bit more, and my first quilt went to my sister. So to kick things off, um, could you tell us a little bit more about your um, Instagram handle and what's the story behind that? So yeah, I was looking for a particular business name, and I don't know, for some reason, like during that time, there's this song out, right? Do you remember that song, Hey Soul Sister? Yeah. 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 Oh, I'm so bad at like naming who the names are, but like that song came into my head and I was like, soul sister. Oh, I could totally do like a play on words. And so I just turned it into soul sister as my business name. And then I, when I was looking at Instagram handles, I was like, hello, soul sister. It just sounds so good. It sounds so perfect for me. So that's how it came about. S E W. W-L, yes, S E W. So then I've got the play on words for sewing, of course. Yeah. <laughs> got to yeah. get all the wordplay in. Yes. <laughs> now you've got that song stuck in my head. Now. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to go listen to it after. Exactly. Dance party oh, after this. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned that you started quilting in about 2008. Was this something that you just picked up on your own, or did you take a class at a local quilt shop? Yeah. So um, when I was growing up, both of my parents also were sewists or seamstresses, And um, I just grew up with sewing machines in my life. And I never got a chance to really explore it too much. I mean, I did a little bit in home economics, I remember in high school, but not enough to really like find the joy in it. And so when I moved to Oklahoma, my husband, um, you know, had a space for me and my parents actually gifted me the sewing machine. So we put it in that space. And then um, I just decided to like start picking up sewing again. I used to be like more hand sewing, you know, doll clothes, Mm -hmm. things like that as I was a younger child. And then as I grew up, I was like, oh, maybe I could like find some fabrics and think about a design. And, you know, um, it was so cool because I asked my husband to actually help me pick out fabrics and colors that match together because that is not my forte. Um, (laughs) So that's how that turned out. And um, my sister still loves the quilt to this day. It's tattered and torn, but um, that was the first one that I started with, and I and I machine quilted it. At that time, I did not have a long arm, so you yeah. do have a long arm now. I do. I have a long arm. Um, I'm so I, jealous. Yeah, so jealous. <laughs> it's um, so much fun. And when I started out, I this is actually my second one. So my first one I sold. I used to have a gamble, and it was just a free motion. There was no computer on it, and that's how I learned. I learned just by. Um, doing things on the gamble, like setting timing and changing needles and, you know, dealing with thread breaks and learning about eyelashing, things like that, that, you know, as a quilter, you finally get to learn about. 
and then um, sold that before we moved house last year. And then um, just recently, I ended up purchasing a handy quilter, Avante, which is um, one of the quilters that I don't think they actually make that one anymore, but um, somebody ended up like upgrading. And so I ended up getting a really good deal on it. So I was excited. So your mission is to reduce um, landfill fabric waste. Could you tell us why and what are you doing to reduce waste in the sewing room? how I do that is basically I save just about everything. Um, I have a really soft spot for um, not throwing things away. And so it may look like a clutter or disaster to someone else. But to me, that's like fabric that I could reuse in an art piece or something like that. Right. So I try my best not to throw away anything except for like really minute, like even little, little pieces. You can use them as stuffing for like dog pillows or, you know, um, a yoga bolster pillow or something like that, where you don't have to waste all the pieces of fabric. Um, So that's my goal is to just minimize the, like the throwaway, minimize the amount that's lost. Was this something that you were always interested in or is it something that, you know, came to be as you quilted more and more? Yes, that came to be kind of more and more. Um, I did a transformational leadership workshop in 2018, and I feel like that really gave me clarity around what I wanted to create and how I wanted to create it. And so my mission was kind of born from that time because I cleared a lot of like excess stuff that was in my head and in my heart. And when you clear space like that for for your personal well-being, you end up really honing in and finding clarity on the things you really want to create and finding your purpose. So that's how that came about. You know, you mentioned that you have, you know, you really save everything. And in addition to like trimmings and scraps like that, you'll also, do you also use like um, upcycled fabrics from clothing and things like that? Yeah. So yeah, I really do. I I use fabric from like t-shirts or fabric from shorts, dress shirts, ties, all kinds of things. Um, I really just enjoy the artistic process and looking at all the fabric and seeing how it fits together. Even some of the textures are different. And like, you know, obviously it's sometimes it could be cotton or it could be polyester or it could be knit and figuring out how to master all those fabrics and still create one unique piece that fits all together. So how's it like working with different types of fabrics in the one sort of piece? Because you know, usually like when it comes to quilting, we're used to working with the one type of fabric, which is, you know, woven quilted cotton. So how does that work? So it's, um, it could be a challenge for some people because it's, you know, sometimes fabrics are stretchy and, you know, or you can't manipulate them and then you're like stuck and you have to have that piece the way it is. Right. So um, it is challenging. And I think it just comes down to, you know, just taking a breath and just like, the more you work with those fabrics, so it comes over time and experience, I feel like the better you kind of get at it. Um, so for me, like working with knits and stuff, you have to like, when you're quilting, you kind of have to like hold your hand over it a certain way and just manipulate the fabric a certain way. And like I said, over time, it just gets, your experience gets better and you're able to, you're like, okay, I know how to manipulate that fabric and you learn. Yeah. So. And do you um, sometimes use like sort of any sort of fabric stabilizers like interfacing to kind of help st- stabilize and, you know, keep that consistent yes. shape? 
Yes. So I use like different fusibles and there's a couple of companies out there. Pellon is a really good one. I mm-hmm. like to use their stuff. Um, and it has, uh, the fusible has like a sticky side and a non-sticky side and you'll be able to tell the sticky side because it'll kind of be bumpy. So there's like glue on it. Right. So don't put that side on your ironing board. (laughs) Sounds like from experience. (laughs) Yes. Speaking from experience. um, So double check your fabric and your fusible sides and then, you know, uh, work the magic with the iron and that's usually how I stabilize as well. Yeah. Sometimes I might not stabilize like for t-shirt quilts. Okay. Do you find that there are patterns that you return to again and again that are just great for using up scraps and odds and ends and different types of fabrics? Um, I'm really a rogue quilter when it comes to pattern design. <laughs> I, mean, I just love to like improv it and put things together and see what happens. Um, and I also, I create patterns as well. And so then there's that element of like, everything has to be kind of like, quote unquote, perfect. It doesn't have to be, but like, you know, measurement wise, so people know how to remake it. But as for myself, I like to just freeform if I can. Do you have any like, um, tips or tricks for someone who is starting to, you know, be more mindful of using their scraps and upcycled fabrics? Um, I would just say, don't be afraid of all the different textures and fabrics. And there, honestly, there's so many like people on either Instagram or YouTube or different social media aspects that you can like look up like, hey, what do I do if I have like three different kinds of knit fabrics or I'm using polyester versus cotton, you know? So use your resources and, you know, because we're always on Google. We're always on social media in some form or other. So why not use it for something that's, you know, you're curious about. So be curious about like how to create it and then look up a way to um, how to use it. You know, the funny thing is that I don't do that enough. Like (laughs) I know that I could just be like, you know, what's the best type of interfacing for this type of fabric? Like I could easily Google that, but usually I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to take a stab at it and see what happens. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you can totally go for it and just see what happens. Like that's a good way to do things too. And I teach my students that too. Like sometimes you just have to go for it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So we read that you also partner in addition to like using up scraps um, of fabric from around the house and scraps from your own quilting practice that you, you partner with companies locally and abroad to source uh, fabrics destined for the landfill. Can you tell us more about that and how you establish these relationships? So basically all it is, is just ask, like, just make a request. You just reach out to them and say, is there anything that you have that you're throwing away that might be of value to another project or another use? Um, Yeah, the best thing is just to ask. That's what I would say for that. Um, What I did for a couple of companies locally is I just went into the store and I went and introduced myself and told them what I do and just gave them a synopsis like, hey, I, I really want to create this mission. And it sounds like it's an impossibility. But even in that impossibility, I'm one person that can make a difference, you know, and you just tell them what you want to create and how you want to create it. And people will surprise you. They'll help you. <laughs> <laughs> and like what sort of like if you don't mind me asking, like what sort of companies are these um, that you're approaching? So usually I'll go to quilt companies. Um You can also, there was one year that I actually got an experience to, I got to go to New York Fashion Week and 
there are companies that will, um, you know, have clothing, for example, that they're selling, and then they'll have this fabric that just doesn't get off the roll, and it's called dead stock fabric. So you can c- connect with all kinds of fabric designers, and um, Tonale is a good example. And what they do is they take fabric that's considered dead stock and would be sent to landfill, and they use that and create beautiful pieces of clothing. And, you know, so there's always an opportunity for growth. Um, and New York is just one avenue. There's, of course, like in California and San Francisco, there's a whole bunch of um, fabric companies. Just reach out. I mean, honestly, just Google and reach out. Like, that's the best way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, Google you're is probably, your friend. Yeah. <laughs> so with Soul Sister, uh, with each Soul Sister purchase, it helps support organizations that assist with moving people out of human trafficking. So which sort of organizations are you working with and donating to? Okay, so my biggest advocate is uh, the Dragonfly Home. I love supporting them. And they are local to Oklahoma, in Oklahoma City. Um, they have a non-disclosed area for people to come out of human trafficking and um, abuse. And so what they do is they'll take these um, survivors of human trafficking and just allow them to have a place of refuge and also to help them have resources for, um, you know, finding jobs or if they need to create name change, name change, or they're trying to find, you know, um, values or valuable resources for like their family, their kids or whatever. Um, so that's a, it's a great organization for survivors of human trafficking. Um, and I, I currently am also working um, with a bunch of other ladies and we will be coming out with a brand new organization um, a nonprofit organization. We have not decided on a name yet, but the goal is to um, support women that are coming out of prison and um, other avenues of domestic abuse, domestic violence, all of those kinds of things. And we'll be able to give back in, in that resource as well. So just going back, you know, what made you decide to work in this area? So I feel like abuse comes in many different forms. Um, and so just like one of those things that I feel that everyone in their own way goes through some sort of trauma or abuse. It might, you might not call it that, but there's like this sense of like the emotional piece, spiritual piece, psychological, physical, there's so many pieces around trauma and abuse. Right. And so in, in, in for myself, I feel like I've experienced that because I went through a relationship before I met my now husband Um, where I was in a relationship for over eight years and, you know, there's that experience of like feeling not enoughness or feeling like you don't belong and feeling alone. And those are all personal abuses that we all cause on ourselves, but also comes into play with self-sabotage from experiencing it externally, right? Like somebody said something or somebody did something somebody hurt you physically. So growing up, I had a lot of different experiences. And through the exposure of those kinds of experiences, it just, for me, I just wanted to be able to give back in those ways, because that's what affected me. So I wanted to be able to turn around and be generous in those areas. So with this new organization, what kind of, um, can you share any more like 
programming plans or things that you are working to create with them? Yeah, so for sure, definitely sewing classes. And if not sewing classes, something along the lines of like hand embroidery or allowing them to be able to express through art. I feel like that's a big need right now. Um, so along with some of the other resources, we'll be creating um, like uh, bags so that mm -hmm. people will have, or ladies for sure, will have opportunities to um, have personal care items that they need. And we want to make them the same all across the board. So if we get donations um, to have them request to be all the same across the board, like you're not giving them three different kinds of deodorant, right? Like you're just focusing yeah. in on one thing that they really need and one toothbrush and one kind of toothpaste and that sort of thing. And really keeping it um, where there's like the solidarity of like community, right? Really connecting with the people and um, figuring out what exactly their needs are. A lot of the times it could be something simple like, you know, just cooking, like domestic skills. And so we want to be able to give that back and maybe teach people how to just boil an egg or, you know, basic, <laughs> basic things that we might not yeah. know and understand and then giving that back. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that you haven't decided on a name though yet. So people should follow your account to make sure that they hear the news. Yes, the absolutely. Yeah. So we are um, getting into our first official board meeting this coming weekend. So oh, congratulations. <laughs> this, is like, this is a huge milestone. Do you guys have a launch date for the organization? I don't think so. Not yet. Okay. <laughs> no, still early stages. It's still early stages. Yes. Um, we've, I think we're just ending up meeting all the board members on okay. as of the second. So, so exciting. Yeah. I was going to say, this is so exciting. And just yeah. to be able to like preview what's going to happen as well, it makes it really special. And yes. for our listeners as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so in addition to the organizations um, that Soul Sister works and donates to, do you have any recommendations on which anti-human traffic organizations our listeners um, could support? Absolutely. So, um, of course, the Dragonfly Home, which is local to Oklahoma, you can find local ones in your area, wherever you live. Um, a big one is A21. Um, it's founded by a lady named Christine Kane. And I love following her um, message because, you know, she just wants to help people. Like the, the whole point is just to be generous, like to give, to give and give back to people that really needs our support. And sometimes you don't see abuse, right? You won't see it with your own eyes, but there are, if you really look, there are really opportunities for us to be able to find those people and support them in a way that will give them resources to get out of that situation. A lot of the times it's difficult to get out of that situation and, and that's all that we can do is just support them to find a way to get out. So um, it's so interesting because like we started off talking with quilting and now we're like, you know, how can we provide awareness to people? So I love this. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And it's amazing what quilting can do because it is such a healing and therapeutic, yes. you know, thing. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. absolutely. I totally yeah. agree. We talked earlier about, you know, working with different types of materials on the one project. So every now and then we do spot a memory t-shirt quilt project on your Instagram feed. Could you tell us and share us, you know, some tips on how to construct one? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So my biggest tip would be um, if you're just starting out, 
work with one size. So go with like a 12 and a half, um, 12 and a half square. And that way, whatever t-shirts can fit in that 12 and a half square, like use those t-shirts. And if there's some that are bigger, I would um, save them for like maybe another project or like if you feel adventurous, then you could go beyond that. But that's how I started is I started with like the 12 and a half um, pieced way of doing it. So then you would do like a three by four um, in terms of like a square quilt or maybe a four by five if you want to go a little bit bigger. And then you can add strips of fabric in between each t-shirt if you need to make it bigger. And that's considered using sashing. Right. So if you put like a couple inches of sashing in between each T-shirt, that helps to keep it square. Um, it's a good way to just start out, I would say, for beginner, somebody who's like first, oh, I'm thinking about making a T-shirt quilt. Like, and use the stabilizer if it's your first time. <laughs> <laughs> and then with the sashing, like, do you often, would you recommend using the same materials, like maybe a back of the T-shirt or do you recommend using like, you know, new quilting cot? Oh. Yes, you, that's a good know, question. Like quilting yeah. cotton in general. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. a great question because I would typically, for my first couple of ones, I believe I used quilting cotton and it's because it's so sturdy. It's like, mm -hmm. it's not going to move around too much. And when you're starting out, you want to not be so, so adventurous, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would typically go towards a quilting cotton for that for sure. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Cause like I had in mind, I was like, Oh, would you use the same like shirt? You know? Yeah, yeah. you could. It would just, if you stabilized it, that would work. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So interfacing is one of the stabilizers. Is that the only type of stabilizer that you'd recommend or are there other ones that are out there? <laughs> Ooh, that's a good question too. So sometimes you could use a quilting cotton as your stabilizer in the background. Oh. Like, you know, some fabrics, um, especially like jerseys from like basketball or different kinds of sports, they're like this meshy fabric. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so I try to match the, like, if it's a blue um, colored uh, mesh fabric, then I try to put like a dark blue behind it to kind of like stabilize. And then stabilize like an eighth of an inch around the outside of the fabric so that way when you're putting it all into your quilt you're putting it at a quarter inch seam those seams are going to be covered up um, so that is also a great avenue <laughs> Wendy had give me some ideas <laughs> like i'm learning yeah. so Wendy's much taking right notes. <laughs> exactly <laughs> Love it. So in addition to all these initiatives, activities, and offerings, um, you're also a designer for Villa Rosa Designs. Can you tell us a little bit more about that partnership? Oh, yeah, totally. Um, so I just recently started um, doing a couple of patterns with Villa Rosa Designs. I have three out right now, and I have another one set to go hopefully for April. Um, and how that started was I actually ran into a friend, Catherine Curitan, at a local retreat. And she is a Villa Rosa designer as well with Running Doe Quilts. Um, and she was very encouraging and super loving because I was like, I really want to branch out into designing. And she was like, well, here's what I do. And it's so interesting because you'll walk into quilt shops and you'll see Villa Rosa design patterns almost everywhere, right? They're just this postcard, super easy, $2 a piece, and you can purchase the fabric to go with it. And it's, a, it's just a great way to get patterns out. And so um, we went into the local quilt shop where we were in Texas um, for our retreat and her patterns were there. And so it was just like this 
um, serendipitous moment for me. Like if somebody else can do what you want to create, then it's possible for you, right? Like then you can create it too. And so she gave me kind of the courage to just reach out to Villarosa and be like, hey, I have a couple of things. And another thing too with, with pattern designers is sometimes it takes a while for people to respond back, right? Like they're not, they're also very busy. They're mm -hmm. also working on things. And so for me to have patience, to be patient and know that things will work out and I just you know, get to be patient about how it works out. And so it took a couple of months before Pat, Pat from Villa Rosa Designs was able to reach back out to me and say, hey, we love your designs, you know, let's let's try something out. So that's how that came about. And so I came out with Color Cat um, just at the end of last year, 2021. And this year I've got the square box quilt pattern out as well as the Friendship Hearts came out in uh, February, so. And for those patterns, um, you mentioned that, you know, you can find them in your local quilt shop and buy the fabric there on the spot. Do you also include like more uh, uh, scrappy, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like scrappy friendly instructions as well? I do. So you can nice. do a lot of them with scrap fabric or like fat quarter friendly. So you're not mm -hmm. purchasing like a whole yard of fabric and then you're like, I don't know what to do with the rest of it. Um, so, <laughs> you know, you can purchase the fat quarters and then you'll be using less fabric that way. So yes, I always offer options. Okay. So we read somewhere that you've got eight sewing machines. Oh so, my goodness. <laughs> so how did that I have so many questions about that. So how did that happen? And where do you store them? And or is this, each have a name? Or is and, this fake news? <laughs> no, I mean, I feel like it's real news. This is real news. Okay, so in this room alone, I've got one, two, three domestic sewing machines plus my long arm. So that's, four, wait, one, two, three, four. There's one down there. Um, so I've got like four in this vicinity just alone. And then scattered around the house, my children, so my daughter, she has one. My son has one, so that's another two. Somebody donated <laughs> one to us, so that's another one. So is that eight? I think we're at yeah, eight, right? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> what, so what happens in my house is my husband will find them on, like, Facebook Marketplace or, you know, social media or something. He'll be like, this looks like a great deal. You should totally buy it. And so I end up buying things and then – or people donate. They're like, hey, I have the sewing machine. My grandma used to use it. Nobody wants it anymore. Do you want it? And I'm like, okay, because I can donate it to somewhere else, right? So a lot of the times I'll get sewing machines like that. And then someone from our local um, church family passed away and she had this humongous collection of like singers and Elna's and all kinds of things. So we have like this beautiful blue colored um, Switzerland made Elna. It's amazing. Wow. I love it. Um, and so my um, older son gave it to my younger son now. So they both get to use it. And then my daughter's is a Singer 123, like a basic sewing machine. Um, my very first sewing machine that my parents gifted me was a Viking, a 1960s, like, old-style Viking. I love it. Um, they don't all have names. Like, I haven't named, you know, like Betsy or Clarice. or I haven't named yeah. them. Maybe that's something I get to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I have a lot. So you mentioned earlier that you just um, got a new long arm machine. So in addition to your own projects and work, do you also take in um, work for other clients? Yes, I do take on clients. Uh, I have not started it 
as much as I would like to. I feel like for me, because I'm more of a free motion person, that the computer part is a little bit trickier for me to pick up and I feel challenged by it. And so in order to mitigate that challenge, I've started taking a monthly class where I get more comfortable with the software. Nice. So that has been helpful. Um, so at some point, I'd like to be able to just uh, take on more clients for just long arming. So that'll be exciting. Yeah. Putting that out in the world. Yeah. Putting it out there. Yeah. Like there's... um. A Carly Porter pattern that my one customer is like, hey, would you be open to like trying this out? So we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> you were trying. <laughs> yes. Right. I mean, I'm going to test it out on one of my own quilts first and then I'll do it onto hers because that is like the scariest thing is like taking on new customers. And then I don't, yeah. you know, I don't want that to happen where like hers gets ruined. So I'll ruin mine. I'm fine with that. <laughs> Well, just gonna get busy and make a ton of quilt tops to yes. try out. Oh, trust me, we have some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So on that note, it is time to move on to our rapid fire quilty questions. Are you ready, Shankari? I guess so. I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> Wendy, why don't you kick us off? Okay. So, what is your favorite time of day to quilt? Usually mornings. And where do you sew? I have my own sewing room. And do you wear shoes while sewing? No. Socks. I'm a socks or barefoot girl. And music, Netflix, podcast, or the sounds of silence? I'm a sounds of silence girl. I also like Netflix. What's your current favorite on Netflix? Downton Abbey. Do you have a favorite snack while quilting? A favorite snack. I love Madeline's. They come in little packages from Costco. So does the owl in your faff machine have a name? And if so, does it? What does uh, it do? No, it does not have a name, but um, we are very fond of owls in this house. Um, when my oh, son, cool. my youngest was born, that was like the theme. And he still has a couple of stuffed owls. And anytime Cute. I see owl fabric, it's like I, ha I, get, I gravitate towards it. <laughs> owls are the best. Yes. Of the eight sewing machines that you've got, which one is your most favorite? My most favorite is my Viking, because my parents gave that to me. And do you have a favorite traditional quilt block? Mmm, the Friendship Star. And what is your favorite color? Green. What color fabric do you use the most? Mm, navy blue. And solids or prints? Ooh, that's a tough one, but I'm a prince girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm with you on that one. Who's yeah. your favorite fabric designer? Um, I love Christopher Thompson from the, he's the tattooed quilter. Yeah. From Riley Blake Design. Yeah. And what is the last fabric you bought? The last fabric I bought was Flirt by Sweetwater. And I bought it from Hummingbird Lane Fabrics. And what's your favorite quilt shop? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I love going to the Journey Quilt Shop, which is uh, another shop that makes like all kinds of quilts and t-shirt quilts. And yeah, that's, yeah. And how do you organize your fabrics? They're just like that. See? Okay. For the people listening on the podcast, you won't be able to see, but I just have like a whole bunch of piles and piles of fat quarters behind me. Yep. Uh, and oh, what do you do via scraps? I love making scrappy quilts like that one behind me. And I like uh, just improving with them. And do you have a go-to scrappy quilt project that you like to make? Uh, my braids quilt is my favorite, the Elegant Braids. That one will be coming out with Villarosa Designs, I think, in the next month or two. 
So that's exciting. Um, and I also like to make um, kind of like a crazy log cabin style scrappy block. And what's one sewing notion that you couldn't live without? My rotary cutter. And what thread brand do you use? I use Superior Threads. Um, I think it's so fine for my quilter. And what sewing machine do you sew on the most? Uh, right now, it's my Faf. And do you have a pressing preference? Open, dark side, whatever works best that day? Ooh, it's whatever that works best at that day. <laughs> okay, so pick one. Scrappy quilt or t-shirt quilt? Scrappy quilt. Do you have a favorite t-shirt quilt project made to date? Yeah, actually, I think I just posted about it today. Um, so what I got to do was create a piece where um, the father used to make stained glass pieces. Oh, cool. And so I instilled one of his stained glass pieces as an art piece into the quilt. Oh, that's so cool. Ooh, Thank that's you. That's so pretty. <laughs> so machine or handbind? Oh, machine. So much faster. Hell yeah. <laughs> I feel like this question might be unnecessary, but if you have to baste, if you're not using the, your long arm, is it spray, pin, or thread basting for you? Oh, I'm totally a rogue. I don't even baste. I just like go for it. <laughs> Unless it's on the long arm. Like maybe pins. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So do you pre-wash always, sometimes, never? Uh, sometimes. Uh, and what is your favorite part of the quilting process? Uh, my favorite is the quilting. And what's your least favorite part of the quilting? Oh, the binding. <laughs> <laughs> and what is one bad quilting habit you wish you could give up? So um, I, when I'm cutting with my rotary cutter, I tend to cut towards myself instead of away. <laughs> yeah. That's the fuss that we've had. <laughs> that's, that's true honesty. I really appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> um, and do you have a quilty BFF? I do. Jenna Ludek. Yeah. So if you follow her, it's Jenna Ludek Designs. And who is your quilty crush? Quilty crush. Oh, Corrine Sauvet. I love her quilts. And what's your favorite recent make? Um, my favorite recent make was the one I did for my square box quilt. And how many quilts are in your whip pile right now? Ooh, that's a tough question. <laughs> I think there's like at least seven or eight, which is not good, but I'm going to get there. It's still pretty good. <laughs> like, you want to know how it is in my pile. Yeah. <laughs> there's probably more, but that's off the top of my head that I can remember. <laughs> Okay, and then where do you st store these work in progresses? Um, so I think I have I have a bin because um, if I go on a retreat or something, I just take them all with me. That's smart. Yeah, knock them out. Do you have any other interests or hobbies? I like to do hand embroidery. I teach hand embroidery every once in a while. Um, yeah, that's probably. And I'm a nurse. I moonlight as a nurse, a cardiac nurse, every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So before we wrap today up, we've got just a couple more questions for you. And first up is who are three accounts you think everyone should be following and why? Okay, for sure, Jenna Ledeck Designs. She's just an amazing artist. I love her to pieces. Um, she used to live in Oklahoma, and so I really miss her. Um, she lives in uh, New Mexico now. So one of my besties. Um, Mr. Domestic, for sure, Matthew Boudreau. He's um, very focused on his stand for what he believes. And, um, you know, people could 
may they could or they may or may not gravitate towards that i love him because i love the stand he is for the world for um you know lgbtq community um and just people like bipoc community everyone like he's just a big stand and has been a big supporter for me i love that and then that's so monica she's one of my friends from uh texas super sweet lady she does a lot of more um uh clo- clothing designs and um purses and bags and that kind of thing so really cool design work by her so those are my three favorites okay and then before we sign off do you have any fun projects in the horizon that you'd like to share with our listeners um so the next i think i told you about my next villa rosa is elegant braids so that'll be coming out um i have a couple of patterns coming out in the mix for the summer, which I'm excited about. One is called Lake Life, which has a little more um, negative space in it. So I'm excited about that one. Um, And I'm working in uh, a surface design right now. So I'm getting more experience with um, another designer. Her name is Bonnie Christine. You may have heard of her. Um, She is an amazing surface pattern designer. And so I've been taking one of her courses. So I would love to be able to create patterns at some point, which go into either fabric design or clothing design or that sort of thing. So we'll see what's on horizon. So on that note, we need to wrap today up and we hope that you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to contact any of us, we can most easily be found on our Instagram accounts. I'm at Broadcloth Studio. Wendy. I am Quilter. Anna, who couldn't be with us today, is at Wax and Wayne Studio. And Shankari. I'm at Hello, Soul Sister, and it's S-E-W-L. Or you can go to our podcast account at quilt.buzz or our website, quiltbuzzpodcast.com for our previous episodes and updates on upcoming guests. If you enjoyed today's show, we hope that you subscribe to the podcast and tell your quilty friends about us too. And if you have a moment to share what you love by writing a review on your podcast provider of choice, it would make our day. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. 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 Yay! Woo! Did it! (laughs)